Tonight, I'm going to go straight into the Word. Thank you for praying, uh, my beloved. Um, I want to talk about God being in control. Amen. And my text tonight will be taken from Psalms 4 and verse 1. And today, I do come to deliver a message. Amen. And, and I believe it to be from the very heart of my Father. Praise God. Uh, Philippians, well, let me read. Uh, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended or fully arrived. As Paul said in Philippians 4 and verse 13, But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to the things which are before me. Verse 14 says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. I'd like for you to ponder on these things that I'm about to share with you. And, and please do not take this message lightly. Because this message, uh, it carries the antidote or the, and the answer for your healing today. This is a life-changing message. And I'm not going to come to you with misleading words or with these fallacious words. It is a rhema word. It is a now word. It is a prophetic word of truth that will change you and alter the course of your life forever. And it's going to help facilitate and, and, and redirect you into the purpose and plan of God for your life. Um, this message is not intended. I'm not here to just give you this quick fix or, or an emotional boost, you know, to make you feel good. Because you see, God loves us too much, too much to leave us in our messy conditions. And there are many of you tuned in. And you have prayed for a move of God in your life. You have asked God for a specific word. You've asked him for a sign. You've asked him for a life-changing message that will challenge you and breathe life into you. And if you believe the Lord heard your prayers today, I'd like you to respond by saying, Speak, Lord, for your servant heareth. Come on, I want you to say that one more time. Speak, Lord, for your servant heareth. Now, I want you to pay close attention because now that you have made this public declaration, you're going to be held responsible for what you do with the knowledge you are about to receive. This message, this message is going to take you on a reality check. And it's going to cause you to look into the mirror and see yourself as you truly are. And really, it's if you dare to, to look. You know why? Because some of us like to live in denial. And I'm not talking about a river in Egypt. Some of us are complacent. Some of us are comfortable in denial. And, and this is a word that comes to prune. It comes to cut. But it is also going to destroy some deep-rooted issues that have caused you to become stagnant in your walk with God. Jesus said he came to make the blind to see. It's going to make you see the things that are causing you to, be re to, to remain fruitless, ineffective, unproductive, and infertile. And, there are, and these are some of the reasons for your barrenness. There may be moments throughout this message that, you know what, you may not even want to look or glance at the reality of your dilemma. Because it only serves as a reminder of the pain that has been buried for so long. And so it's easier to live in denial because it hurts too much to look. I caution you to open up your heart to the Spirit of God and allow the message to minister where God is sending it. We must understand that in order for our deliverance to come, in order for our liberation to come, we must give Jesus permission. We must give him permission, hear me saints, to walk through the corridors of our wounded hearts. Some of us have buried things, but they are not dead. They're just buried. They're not dead. 
and, and we have chambers. We have these compartments in our hearts. And this is one place that we have uh, barricaded and, and placed some boulders. Um, we've placed um, locks and we have thrown away the key. And we won't allow anyone in. But in order for the great physician, in order for the great God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to touch and mend all the broken pieces of your life, we must give him all the pieces. The writer of Psalms 4 and verse 1 was writing from a heart that was seeking God's undivided attention. And how many of us have time and time again been in a position where we cried out from a heart that was in desperate need of God's ear? Many of us have found ourselves in this thing that we call life, you know? And there's going to be times in this thing that we call, we call life that we will, we're going to hit a crisis, a time where we will experience some dead-end tragedy that will inflict agonizing distress. You're going to feel some pain. You're going to encounter heartbreak and disappointment. It may be a dead-end in a relationship. It can be a dead-end in a job, a career. It could be a dead-end in health or even a devastating blow to your finances. Or how about the loss of a loved one? It can be some major area of life. Now, whether... You were thrown into the storm by the will of God, or you put yourself there because of your disobedience. It is a something, a something that has caused you to doubt that God is still in control. When we say God is in control, what are we really saying? What are we in reality communicating in this, you know, this legendary cliche, God is in control. And we hear it all the time. God is in control. You see, it's easy to say that God is in control when things are good, right? It's easy to get lost during your mountaintop experiences. Yes, when everything around you seems to be working in your favor. It's easy to dance and shout. It's easy to smile and tell people, I'm blessed and highly favored by God. But you know what? You're a liar because you've learned to fake it till you make it. And that's because that's what they told you to do. But nothing is really happening. Listen, people of God, God doesn't want us to fake anything. I understand why that phrase was said, but we've got to be careful of what we take as truth because it can then become a way of life. It's easy to look at people in their face with strong, convincing words and say, just trust Jesus. It's so easy to get lost in the goodness of the Lord when you're able to pay your bills, when your boss is acting right, when your neighbors are acting right, when your children are acting right, when your husband is acting right. Oh, it's, it's so easy. It's really easy to say God is in control. But what does it really mean to say God is in control? Because there's a big difference in simply saying something versus making a heartfelt, bona fide, genuine declaration. Because before I can make a declaration, I must understand what I am declaring, right? The psalmist in Psalms 4 and verse 1 knew what it meant to say God is in control. And he knew it because he had a relationship. He knew it because he had experienced help. He, has, he had experienced deliverance and relief from distress in times past and was now expressing it in his prayers. Let me tell you, the Bible hides nothing. The Bible is an open, bloody, messy book. 
and and history records David's life. It records his successes, but guess what? It also scribes his failures. Because some people will only let you see the, you know, the trophies that they have hanging on a shelf. They're only going to show you their victories, you know? What a mess David made of some things when we read his life encounters. And it's no different with us today. But David, he knew when he was in trouble who to call upon. He knew that the God he served had been faithful, had been loving and forgiving in times past. Remember, he had an established relationship with God. So he always went to the source from where he would find his relief. And there are many listening in right now that need relief. Oh my gosh, you need, you need help. You need aid. And if God doesn't come to your rescue, if God doesn't intervene, it's like you're going to die in this situation. But listen, friend, there were times in David's life where he could do nothing. There was no, nothing that he could do but solely depend on God. He didn't have time to beat around the bush and call the bishop and call the apostle and call deacon. You know, when his enemies were hot on his trail, David's only response was to bust out a prayer. And that prayer emerged from the city of his soul, from his low and belt of truth. It came from his belly. And it was his prayers that would shake the very core of the enemy's kingdom. You see, David believed in the power of his prayer. And he also believed that he could rely on God. It's what happens when you have a relationship. When you are in a relationship, you know who you can depend on. David knew what anxiety felt like. He knew what fear and he knew what trouble felt like. So when he cried out in Psalms 4 and verse 1, and I'm going to finally read it. He said, hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me. In other words, you have, you have reassured me. You have comforted me. You have calmed me in my distress. Past tense. And that distress is suffering, agony, is grief. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. Present tense. David was saying it with a heart of confidence, of certainty, and of conviction. He said it with a heart that was filled and occupied with faith. I want you to turn uh, to Psalms chapter 17 and write that down. Psalm 17, beginning at verse 6. I call on you, O God, for you will answer me. Imagine that. I call on you, O God, for you will answer me. Incline your ear to my to me. Hear my words. Show the wonders of your loving devotion. You who save by your right hand those who seek refuge from their foes. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. From the wicked who assail me. From my mortal enemies who surround me. They have closed their callous hearts. Their mouths speak with arrogance. They have tracked us down and now surround us. Their eyes are set to cast us to the ground. Like a lion greedy for prey. Like a young lion lurking in ambush. Arise, O Lord. Confront them. Bring them to their knees. And deliver me from the wicked by your sword. Have you ever been surrounded by your enemy? Everywhere you turn seems to be a dead end. When you see with your physical eyes, there is nothing, absolutely nothing but an impassable road in your life. A mountain that just won't move. A boulder that's refusing to get out of the way. A dead end stop sign. 
All you can see is, is, you know, are these no way out billboards that have spoken so loud and for so long that you are now left in disconsolate, dejected, and discontented state. You are left in a disarray as alarm and now hysteria floods your, your soul. You are depressed. Your fear is now sinking your boat and the crisis has left you bamboozled and confused. You know, because you didn't see it coming. And all that is left is the ashes of the, you know, the shoulda, coulda, woulda been type of thing. You can't see past the pain that's left you shattered into a million pieces. Oh, Humpty Dumpty has had a great fall. And you've been lied to and told that you couldn't be put back together again. The enemy has whispered into your ear. He has deceived you into believing that you will never fully recover, that you will never really be whole and complete again. But you know, the devil is a liar because those are the same infamous words that he echoed in the Garden of Eden when he whispered into Eve's heart, did God really say? But glory to God, I come to call the devil out tonight and I come to make a public show of him this day. I come to declare to you, listen, people of God, that God is in control and he has seen everything, every single thing that has happened to you. He saw when they threw you into the pit. He saw when they lied on you in Potiphar's house. He saw when you were cast into prison for something you weren't guilty of. He saw when the dream killers and the haters tried to snuff out what God placed within you with their derogatory scar uh, scar sarcasm and their criticisms. But the father, guess what, was also watching and taking notes when you kept an excellent attitude of prayer, glory to God, when you allowed the pain to plant you and prepare you for something greater. The father was watching you closely because he had a plan that was positioning you for the palace. So that after you have been broken to pieces, he could publicize you. He can propagate and share you to the world. Hallelujah. You see, there are many that are broken today. Many are sitting right here listening in. You are held captive in your mind and you are being haunted and you are being taunted by the, memory, the memories and pain of your past. And there are many who are in need of healing. How many of us know? That sometimes healing is not just physical. Sometimes, you know, we need emotional healing because the storms of life have scarred and bruised us to a point that there's no remedy, no remedy, no, no earthly remedy can cure it. No pres doctor's prescription, no antibiotics, no psychiatrist or, or counseling can undo the damage. You know, we, we may look good on the outside because we, we can do that. We can do that really good. We, we sound good. We talk good. But deep down inside, the heart is crying and asking yes. The very question that many of us have asked in times past. Is God really in control? And if he is, why has this happened? Like Adam and Eve, you've resorted to hiding behind fig leaves. You've put on the mask of pretense because you know what? You, you just can't let anyone into your world to see what a mess you have really become. Oh, but listen, listen, the Lord has come down and he's come down in the cool of the day to walk in the midst of his people. You see, he knows where you are and he's calling your name. He's calling out Lisa. Where are you? Mary, where are you? Leon, where are you? Brother Travis, 
Where are you? And you know, he's calling you out. And it's not because he doesn't know where you are, because he's the all-knowing, omnipotent, omniscient God. But he's calling you out because he wants you to see. He wants you to discern and recognize where you are. I know you love the Lord. But if you're really honest, you'll admit that somehow, somehow in the midst of the storm, you've lost your faith. Somehow in the midst of your crisis, you lost your sense of identity. And now your life seems to be spinning out of control. Because, you know, if you were to look at your record, it indicates that in time past, you came through many trials. You fought many battles. And, and many of them were triumphant. They were good. You, 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 you got A's in every test you, 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 you got, you, you had to take. But this one, this one trial here was unlike any other storm you had ever experienced. This, this one caught you off guard. It's, it's like it came out of left field. And it was so unexpected, inconceivable. You couldn't even make this stuff up. But it left you washed out and beat down real good. And it's left you, just like Naomi, it's left you bitter. It's left you so empty, angry, and devastated that you don't, you don't even have the same confidence you once had. You lost your sense of worth and value. And you know what's even a greater disappointment? Is that you've looked for comfort in other believers. You know, the sisters in your circle and the mothers in the faith. Only to discover that many of them are just as empty and broken as you are. But Yeshua came to destroy the works of darkness. Amen. He came to set the captives free. And he has sent me into the byways and highways, on the internet, cyberspace, and radio, because he wants you to hear this word of truth. He wants to set you free. Amen? You see, I've got some sisters in the field who have been broken and bruised by life. And they have been left in a pit, and they don't know how to get out. And because you don't know how to get out, you are mesmerized by the sorrow that has now subjugated. It's, it's inundated every part of your soul and it's just sucking the life out of you like a vampire. You are stuck in this loop of despair. But guess what? God wants to break the cycle. And I want you to know that you can make it through the storm. For Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts I have toward you. To give you a hope and a future, an expected end. Yes, God loves you, friend. God has a hope for you. And he has sent me as a reinforcement of his divine love and mercy. He has sent me to announce that your liberation, that your deliverance has come. Glory to God. And that even though you were left in a hole to die, even that very thing, that very thing that was sent to kill you, that very thing that was meant to wipe you out, to keep you from becoming who the Father said you are, to rob you and your seed of your future and your destiny. God is using that very thing for his purpose and divine plan. And he said to tell you, remember Joseph. So I've come to remind you that despite what you've been through or where you are in your journey, God is still in control. He never lost it. It doesn't matter how you started. Is how you finish, beloved. And he will bring you through the storm. He can make it, you can make it through the rain. You can make it through the trials. Yes, my sister, you can make it through the pain. And though you may not understand 
there's a purpose, there's a plan. And God will bring you through it all. Because guess what? The rain won't last forever. The sun will shine again. The storm will make you stronger. It'll drive you to your knees. And it's only when we worship can his glory be seen. God bless you tonight. God bless you tonight. Give him the broken pieces of your heart. I'm telling you, I have been one that have been restored and made brand new. What happens has happened in my past. It doesn't affect me today. I feel no sting of it. And if God did it for me, he can do it for you. Father, I have delivered your word to your people. Sanctify them through thy truth, for your word is truth. And I thank you, Lord God, that every listener tonight is taking heed of these words tonight. Oh God, and I thank you that you will saturate them with your love, that you will blanket them with your comfort, letting them know that they can make it. With you, they can make it because you are the God in the storm and you will command the peace upon their life and you will heal their broken hearts and you will lift their heavy burdens. And so I thank you for their lives tonight. Let this word fall on good ground and may it uh, increase and may it be fruitful and productive and let it encourage and edify the hearts of your people. I don't ever want to close this program without extending an invitation to pray for anyone who does not know Yeshua as Lord. You know, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For he sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Listen, friend, tomorrow is not promised to any of us. And like many traveling through the oceans of life, I know that we all have encountered some kind of challenge. We have all been brutalized and beat down by life. But I want you to know that God the Father loves you and he has a plan for your life. Amen. But it's our sins. Our, and, what, and what is sin? Sin is our rebellion against God and his word. And that's what keeps us separated from him. But I want you to know Yeshua is calling you. And he's saying, come, come all who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, I am the door to the Father. No man can come to the Father in heaven except they come through me. The Bible says that ye must be born again. You see, salvation, forgiveness of sins, and eternal life. These are gifts from God and it's made available to anyone who repents and believes and confesses that Yeshua HaMashiach is Lord and that he died and rose from the dead to save mankind. You see, friend, this gift, it cannot be earned. You cannot work towards this. You cannot buy this by simply being good. It is a matter of faith and trust in a loving Savior. And if this is you today, if you would like to receive Yeshua into your heart, please, please pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of your Son, Yeshua. Your word says, Who shall ever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I am calling on you right here and right now. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Wash and cleanse me in your blood. I ask you to come into my heart and be Lord over my life. And according to your word, I now confess with my mouth the Lord Yeshua and believe in my heart that you have raised him from the dead. 
I confess and declare that Yeshua is Lord of my life. And I thank you for the gift of salvation through the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. And by faith today, I now receive this gift of eternal life. In Yeshua's name, I am saved. Amen and amen. If you have prayed this prayer with your whole heart, friend, I want to welcome you into the family of God. This is the beginning of a new journey, a new you. God has now redirected your ship of life, but you will need discipleship and you will need to be baptized. You need to be with other believers where you can grow and learn more about God and his word. Amen. We would love to connect with you. If you don't have a home church and you live in the Grayson County, North Texas region, I recommend to you God's House of Faith and Worship Center, located at 320 North Travis Street in Denison, Texas, and where the Dwight Thomas is senior pastor. And this is a biblically sound and thriving ministry. Please use the contact link links on our social media pages or website to let us know your testimony and how this ministry has influenced your life. To learn more, please visit www.nardagoodson.com. Thank you for tuning in to Narda Goodson Ministries teaching broadcast. I am Narda Goodson, your host. Be sure to tune in next week, same time, same place for another powerful, life-changing, burden-removing, yoke-destroying, anointed word of God where Yeshua is Lord and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. Shalom.